At 7.05 on your Wednesday evening, we join you once again here for the Employment Hour. If you're going to be tuning in for the next hour, you'll hear all kinds of stuff about employment and severance and all kinds of different topics and facts. You'll probably be scratching your head going, I had no idea that was true. Well, you will get the truth here. Clear-cut truth when it comes to employment law from Lior, like we've been telling you and throwing at you for a couple of years. We'll get to the week that was uh, as well in just a moment. First, the number 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You want to toss us an email? Maybe we'll read a, a few of those tonight. It's Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. The week that was. That's right, John. A week that was. And first of all, welcome to all our, our listeners and happy to be back talking about employment law. A lot of uh, stories this week that touch on employment law issues. We're going to talk about those. A lot of interest. Uh, you know, everyone has a job. People uh, at this time of year, as I've said before, do lose their jobs, unfortunately. Uh, so, you know, this is the show to answer people and tell people what their rights are. I always like to start off by talking about a couple of situations that I saw. Except, uh, John, this is not going to be really the week that was. This is more like the day that right. was. These matters actually happened today. The first situation actually was a call that one of my colleagues, uh, Stan, received uh, earlier this afternoon. And it's from a lady that's been off work for a few weeks. She works for a large hospital. And she's been off uh, for medical reasons. She has a severe anxiety disorder. She can't work. Well, what happened there is they... The employer uh, wrote a letter uh, to her doctor uh, after the doctor said that she can't work, asking for sp- specific questions, asking ridiculous questions such as, uh, you know, is she able to sleep? Does she have the joy of life? Does she uh, prefer to live or die? I mean, ridiculous, ridiculous questions. Questions that go to diagnosis, trying to find out exactly what the doctors diagnosed her at. The doctor, you know, uh, responded to these questions. So that was already problem number one. An employer should never, ever ask questions like that. Well, but when they got the letter from the uh, doctor, the employer wrote back to the doctor and said, well, wait a second, we don't necessarily agree with your treatment plan. Can you tell us why you didn't pick a different treatment plan? Wow. So this employer now is trying to effectively question the doctor's, uh, uh, you know, treatment. Nonsense. And that's when she called us and said, what can I do? Do they have a right to uh, third degree my doctor this way? And the answer is absolutely not. Those questions are so inappropriate. The only thing the employer was un- entitled to know is, does a doctor say that she cannot work? And is there an expected return to work date? That's it. Not to know what exactly her diagnosis is and what the doctor feels her medical condition is and uh, is there a different treatment plan that the doctor is going to engage in. Not only are they not allowed to know that, by asking those questions, they in fact could potentially be in violation of the Human Rights Code. So uh, it's a big no-no for for this company to do that. So remember, employees, employers, employers only are allowed to know diagnosis, sorry, prognosis, prognosis, not diagnosis. They cannot get any private information like that. This company, which is actually a hospital, should really have known much, much no better. Kidding. Big time. Next so, uh, you know, a very, very bad situation. Uh, second situation, uh, quite, uh, quite different. Uh, a call that uh, I received uh, today from someone that was, uh, uh, that got into an argument uh, with their boss uh, today. And uh, the boss effectively uh, yelled at them and they you know, questioned what they were doing. So what did this person do? As we've talked on the show before, that's it. I don't have to take this I'm anymore. Out I'm out of here. Literally, those are the words that, that this person used. Uh, first thing they did when they called home, literally, walked to their phone and called me. Said, oh gosh, Leo, what do I do now? I think I really did it this time. Uh, I told my employer I'm not coming back to work. I'm out of here. 
So what I told them uh, to do is immediately contact their employer and said, this is just the heat of the moment. I'm coming back to work tomorrow. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, that's it. Uh, the good news was that when they did that, the employer said, fine, come back to work tomorrow. So the nice thing here was because this person acted very quickly, they were able to take back that resignation. If the employer had said, no, you cannot come back to work tomorrow, guess what? That would have been a termination, and the employee would have been entitled to severance, even though it was the employee that technically quit. So with a, an off-the-cuff, heat-of-the-moment type of resignation, you're able to take that back. You're able to uh, uh, go back to work, and if the employer refuses, that's a termination. That's what this person did here. Thank God they called me right away. Let's get to uh, severance pay calculator before we move on with some of the week's news. Yes, that's right. Uh, so, you know, people that have been let go, were worried about being let go, were let go in the past, or they know someone had been let go, you want to know how much you're owed or how much your relative and friend that's lost their job, how much they're owed, well, you go to severancepaycalculator.com. You input your age, position, and the type of, uh, uh, sorry, age, position, and length of employment, and it's going to tell you exactly how many weeks or months severance you're owed. It's free, easy to use, it's accurate, the number's there. And like, by the way, I got at least two emails this week so far, it's only Wednesday, from people saying, I've used your severance calculator, the numbers uh, seem way too high for me, yeah. is that right? And guess what? The numbers are right, not because uh, it's uh, because I say so, because that's what the law provides. So you lost your job. First place you go to is severancepaycalculator.com. Want to get into a lot of stuff this hour? We'll take a quick break, though. we got some news and some some very current events that have happened so far. Lord Lior will open up on those. And you want to give us a call, we'd love to hear from you. Tonight up until uh, around 8 o'clock, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Email as well, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640. Big concern for many of our members is that this Friday is payday. It's still uncertain if our members will be paid for their services up to and including last Saturday. There you go. Some comments about the uh, the goodwill and uh, shutting down all stores uh, rather quickly, actually. So uh, give us some details what you think about that, Leo. You all heard the the, uh, the news mm-hmm. about uh, Goodwill st- uh, closing a bunch of centers. A lot of people now are in limbo. Don't know what they're what, what's going to happen. Very very tough situation here. You know the, the problem here is we can talk about entitlements. Although you know the old adage, you cannot get blood from a stone. Mm-hmm. If it's true, and I don't know if it is, but if it's true that uh, the the Goodwill organization does not have the money to pay these people, does not have the money to run these operations. Not much you can do. The law can't create money where it doesn't exist. Now, the problem, one of the problems is a lot of these individuals are unionized. In fact, I think most of them, if not all of them, are unionized, and their entitlements are limited because of that. So even if there was money to pay them, any severance that they may get in this situation is very limited, potentially as little as a week's pay for every year of service to a maximum of eight weeks, potentially a bit more. So it's a fraction of what it would be if there were not union employees. The other problem is the only one allowed to deal with their employer with goodwill is the union. And the union obviously is not so much interested in getting them severance as interested to see if they can get them their jobs back. Now, I hope that the union is successful and that uh, the jobs come back. But these individuals actually are in a situation where literally there is nothing that they can do. If they were not part of a union, yes, they could. Uh, We could uh, pursue severance immediately. They could file complaints with the Ministry of Labor, various things. They cannot do anything right now because they're part of a union. So all we can do is keep our fingers crossed 
that uh, there's the goodwill finds the monies and the funds to continue running these operations or at the very least pay these people. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We'll get to your calls. Got uh, Karen in Oshawa. Good evening, Karen. How are you? Not too bad. How are you? Okay. You got a question for Lior? Well, I have a question for, um, I don't know if he's a lawyer or whatnot, but I've been on um, long-term now for the past uh, two years. It'll be two years at the end of December. But the first five months of my my, uh, term, I wasn't paid because they didn't believe my anxiety or stress. Right. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to have um, holidays in September because I worked a full year the year before. I finished work um, January or June 27th at 6 p.m. So am I entitled to those holidays? So are you talking about uh, statutory holiday or vacation? My vacation. I was, I was entitled to three weeks. And, and is this a situation where when the uh, vacation was due, you were not there, you were already on a disability leave? I was not even paid. I had five months with no pay. So you're owed any vacation that you were that was accrued up until your last day worked. So any vacation that accrued up to your last day work, they have to pay you. Uh, and if they haven't paid you, then the the first thing you need to do immediately is contact the Ministry of Labor. They'll be able to arrange for that. So anything accrued up to your last day work, it's earned, it's due. They have to pay it. Appreciate the call, Karen. Get to uh, Roger now in Toronto. Good evening, Roger. How are you? Well, I'm good. Uh, thank you for taking my call. No worries. Uh, my, my, my question is, um, I've been working in one of the company. Now, my question is, um, sometimes my overtime is not paid, but after uh, next pay, they, they add my overtime. Is that illegal? Sorry, and the next pay, they pay it on the next pay? Yeah. Well, obviously, they, they need to pay overtime when it's actually earned. Uh, you know, ultimately, if they do pay just just a bit late, there's probably not a lot that you can do about it other than talking with your employer and making sure or, and asking them to, to not be late on the payment. So, yes, they have to. If, if you've earned the overtime, they have to pay it on the next payroll date. But if they did pay it eventually, there's not much you could do because there's really going to be no monies owing to you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Fred, uh, good evening. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hi. Um, thanks for taking my call. No worries. Um, I work for a small company. It's under 200 uh, people. Uh, the owner uh, just informed us that he's selling to a very large uh, U.S. company. Yep. Uh, and we're wondering what our what his legal obligations are, what, what we're entitled to. Like the information sure. is the way they put it across to us is that they expect to be picking up everybody, but... I don't think they're legally entitled to do that or, or, or required to, but we're all worried about, you know, benefits, sure. security, vacation time, that sort of stuff. Excellent uh, question. Benefits. So at this point, you don't know for a fact if you're going to continue working with the buyer. Is that right? Correct. They're like they said they want to pick up everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. It's a software company, and they said the, the, the people are the asset. That's what they want. Right. Um, but So, so, here's, know, so, no, so let, me, let me give you uh, the straight goods here. Uh, if you, in fact, the co- the new company picks you up or continues your employment, first of all, they inherit your seniority. Okay, so your seniority continues. 
in terms of the other components of, of your employment, so uh, salary, b- bonuses, vacation, that's up to you and the new company to agree to. Legally, uh, it's a new employment, so the only thing that the law imposes is that the seniority carries through. Now, that said, if they're offering you a position with less pay or a position that's very different than what you had before, you actually don't have to accept it. And if you don't accept it, you, the company, your current company, would owe you your full severance. So at some point, you're going to get an offer of employment from this, uh, this U.S. company, and you'll know exactly what the terms of employment are. And if it's a very different job, you decide not to accept it, you get full severance. If it is the same job you, and you accept it, seniority carries through, and, and, and life is good. So really, you need to find out as soon as possible. Uh, presumably, it's going to happen closer to the sale date, uh, what the terms of employment are with the new company. Right. We haven't, we haven't gotten any of that detail. Right. I, yeah. I did have one other question, though, that, that maybe you can answer. Sure. This company, they take um, they uh, do shutdowns in the summer and in the, around Christmas. Okay. Uh, are we required to use vacation time during those periods, or are they, the, can, can they force us to do that? Generally, yes. Uh, generally, they can force you, as long as it's a practice that they've been doing for a while. They just didn't decide this year all of a sudden, where in the past that was not the case. So if that's been their practice, yes, they are allowed to, to make you, quote-unquote, use your vacation time during shutdown uh, periods. Yes. Appreciate the call, Fred. So even in a U.S. jurisdiction, that stuff still carries over. As long as he works here in Ontario, Ontario laws apply. Now, if he's going to have to relocate to Mississippi, right. then Mississippi laws are going to apply. But sure. in, in the circumstances, it's just an American company buying the business, but he's going to continue working over here. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Lots more of the show coming up if you need to get a hold of the or outside of show hours i can give you that number too 416-216-5900 the employment hour continues on talk radio am 640 725 on your wednesday evening we always had to bounce over to the phone calls to get them happening again you heard the numbers there and you can email Lior as well Lior l-i-o-r at employmenthour.com lisa in oshawa good evening welcome to the show hi how are you good how are you good thank you go ahead uh, my question is, I just started a new job at the end of November. They've put me on salary, and I had a day off on Monday, and they're not, I don't get paid for that. And Do they have to pay me for that since I'm on salary? What kind of day off was it for what? I had to take my daughter into the hospital. Oh, okay, and I'm sorry to hear that. No, uh, the reality is no, they do not have to pay for that unless they have their own policies that says that they pay for these things. They don't, the law does not impose an obligation to take to, to pay for a day off for personal reasons. Oh, okay. Thank you. No problem. No worries. We'll, uh, we'll, take, uh, we'll get a couple of minutes here to line up a few more calls. In the meantime, we were talking about uh, goodwill that happened this week. And a big one that's kind of uh, close to my heart, having worked for The Sun in the press room for about eight years, uh, so many, so many years ago. Uh, Toronto Star closing manufacturing facility. Yeah, again, a lot of uh, people being let go there. Now, you know, a combination of both people that are unionized and non-unionized. And here's where they're going to see a difference, uh, unfortunately. Obviously, they're all entitled to compensation. Every one of these people, union, not union, is entitled to severance. The only difference is, unfortunately, and, and again, I'm not picking anyone, I'm just giving you the facts, is that the non-unionized employees are owed much more severance simply because their entitlements are not limited by the collective agreement. Right. The collective agreement for the unionized employee limits entitlements, uh, and the, the, they're going to get a fraction of what they otherwise would have been entitled to. So, you know, oftentimes... People believe it's good to be part of a union, and it may well be, but not when you lose your job. That's not a good time to be part of a union because your entitlements are limited. 
Otherwise, for the non-unionized employees, their job is to make sure they get proper severance, proper compensation. Please don't assume just because you work for a large organization, they know what they're doing or they're going to offer you proper severance. Uh, I, I don't know if they do or they don't, but in my experience, that's not often the case. So you have to make sure you get proper severance. A good starting point, as we said right at the top of the show, is the severance calculator at severancepaycalculator.com. You go there and find out exactly how much you're owed. Uh, and remember, John, the difference could be uh, huge. So for all those Toronto Star, uh, former Toronto Star employees, the non-unionized employees, uh, go to severancepaycalculator.com. Make sure it's fair. Uh, and, you know, I wish you guys all the best. Hopefully you all land on your feet and find a job very quickly. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell phone. Got uh, Mark in Brampton. Hi, Mark. How are you? Not too bad. How are you? Good, pal. What do you got to You got a question for Lior? Uh, yeah, I'm actually in the middle of a dispute with my employer. Um, I was hired as a team lead for uh, $18 an hour. Uh, sorry, $17 an hour. And uh, I had a review and I was rated above average, and they had actually given me a dollar raise. And since then, I've moved to various departments. And um, recently, I've been brought into the office, and I was told I was doing a great job. But unfortunately, because I'm not working in the team lead role, they could no longer keep my, eight, my wage at $18 per hour. And then I have three options. First, to be a picker for $14.25. Second, to work in inventory for $15. And then the third one is to keep working for four weeks and then leave with nothing. And how long have you worked uh, for this company? A year and three months, four months, sorry. Okay, so a year and a bit. So here's the, here's the, the thing. It, it's, they, they don't have a right to make you take a pay decrease. What I mean by that is they can't impose that on you unilaterally. You have a, a, another choice, which is to get your full severance. Uh, now, you're, you're, you're probably entitled to more than four weeks' pay unless you sign an employment agreement that limits your entitlements. Uh, how old are you, uh, Mark? I'm 33. So you could be entitled to about three months' pay is what I'd assess you at. So one of the options may be to, to simply say no, and then you are owed about three months' pay. Now, I'd like to see your employment agreement. It's possible that when you started there a year and a bit ago, you signed an agreement that limits your entitlements. Otherwise, that's another option. You certainly don't have to accept such a pay reduction and such a change to your job. Okay, so what would I go about to doing now? So what I mean, first of all, you have to decide whether what's best for you to leave uh, and get your severance or to stay. If you decide to stay, then you stay and pick the job that, that suits you the best, and that's fine. If you decide that you're best off leaving, first of all, you give me a call. I want to see the employment agreement, and then assuming you still get to three months, you'll you'll tell your employer uh, I'm not uh, gonna take either of those options. I only want to continue in my current job. Uh, and if they don't pay you the three months, I'll get involved if you want me to. I'll send them a letter, get you the three months. That's not going to be very difficult. But before you do anything, I would actually like to see your employment agreement so that we know if really it is three months or it may be potentially it's another amount that you're owed. What are some okay, of the yeah. ramifications for Mark? Say he does to say, okay, you know what, I'll stick around. I'll take the 15 bucks an hour. What happens in the future? Yeah. And, and John knows what I'm about to say. One of the problems, Mark, with you taking this pay cut and ch- changing job is you're giving the employer the power to do it again. So I just told you that they don't have a right to unilaterally make this change. But if you agree to it, then next month they want to say, well, now we're going to give you a different job at 11 bucks an hour. Now you can't really do much about it because a few months ago you agreed to let them do it. You created that precedent. So that may be another reason as to why you may now want to let that happen. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm fearing right now that that's going to be the problem. Right. So give me a call. John, I'll give you the number and let me see the employment agreement and let's go from there. 
Smart call, uh, Mark. Very smart call you made tonight. Again, the number 416-216-5900. We'll get to uh, one more. We'll take, oh, you know what? We'll take a, a quick break. Got a bunch of calls lined up here, and we'll get to those uh, in a minute. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell phone. AM 640, chopper traffic. Once again, here's Ari. And 416-870-6400, star 640. Indeed, it's the number to get a hold of us tonight. You want to ask Leora a question, you can answer them all. Got uh, Tal in Scarborough. Good evening, Tal. Hi, how you doing? Good, what's up? Uh, the question is, uh, uh, I have a good friend of mine who lost his job. Uh, uh, he was working for a company for 15 years, and uh, he was making roughly about $27 an hour. Uh, so he got uh, laid off. Uh, they said that they're going to give him $15,000 and six months uh, uh, pay. Yep. But when I went to the servant calculator, and as uh, Lior uh, suggested to go there, I got when I did calculation with him is like close to fifty thousand dollars. So right. what you, is that is that a correct amount of money he's getting, or uh, or is it? Um, I, I don't understand because according to calculator, it's quite a bit of money and uh, yeah. And, and, and tell the, the calculator is completely correct, and that's for for reasons such as this, for calls such as yours, is why we do this show because people lose their jobs every day and they're offered a fraction of what they're actually sorry they're offered a fraction of what they're owed. So yes, mm-hmm. your your friend would probably be owed somewhere north of uh of uh, a year's pay and uh in, in that situation what he was offered is probably half of what he gets or or, or maybe less. So he needs hopefully he didn't sign anything. Did he, did he sign something? Uh to be honest with you, I don't know because he was just got laid off like last this last weekend here on Friday basically. Right. So hopefully he didn't. Now, if, if he did, uh, I'd still like to talk to him, but I may not be able to help him. If he did not sign anything, he needs to call me uh, right away. John will give the information because the good news is, Tal, this is not going to be very, very difficult to resolve at all. We could resolve this very quickly. The amount that you saw on the severance pay calculator is correct, and that's why I tell people to use it. So, yeah, he's owed much more. I have one small question. Mm-hmm. So let's say the employer writes you a $50,000 check. How is that going to affect you on your income tax? When you're going to do that, are they going to be taxable probably too? Right. And any amount that the employer pays you is taxable. But here's the, here's the good news. Number one, there's ways to, to structure it that you get paid over time, uh, so it affects you less. But in any event, if you pay a lot of taxes now, you're going to get that back when it's tax time because you would have paid too much. So either way, at the end of the day, it still evens out. This is not the money that the government's going to keep. You're going to get it back. Sometimes it's better to get the lump sum and move on to another job. It is much, much better. And he's owed more. So, yeah, give uh, Tal the number to give us a call. Good call, Tal. Very smart. Get your your pal on board. It's 416-216-5900. That's Lior's direct number, by the way. Got to uh, Rob in Mississauga. Good evening, Rob. Hey, how you doing? Good, friend. What's going on? Uh, Well, we have cameras. Uh, in the outside of the building and some of the inside facing doors. Uh, but now they want to put some in our work areas where they're watching us work. Now, it doesn't say that it's for us to work, watching us to work, but they want us to sign something, which is kind of weird because they didn't make a sign when they put the other cameras up. Right. Uh, so, so, so you want to know if, if they could do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, when you say work areas, this is not office environment, so it's not in a, in a private office. Is that right? No, it's more of a manufacturing in a in, in the work environment where where people are working. 
Got it. Okay. So generally speaking, when it's somewhere like that, when people are, are, are working in public, so it's not somewhere where you know, you're going to go and expect to, to have privacy. It's more communal. Uh, exactly. An employer is actually allowed to put cameras. They are allowed. Now, if this was a private office that's just yours and they want to put a camera, no, they cannot do that. No question. But in a, in a common work uh, area, they can. Now, strictly speaking, Rob, they could do that without asking you to sign. I, I don't know why they would ask you to sign. It makes actually no sense whatsoever. You don't have to sign anything you don't want to. The fact right. that you don't sign, probably still not going to stop them from putting the cameras in. I don't see why you would sign. There's no incentive for you to sign unless they're giving you something in return. I expect that what's going to happen is they'll, they'll probably put the cameras in in any event. So it's probably more of an academic question. That said, why sign something when you don't have to sign? I, what I it, Rob, what are, they, what are they throwing in front of you? What does it say they want you to sign? What's the, uh, what does the document say? On the paper there, they're putting for safety and accountability. And no one, you know, I want to ask the manager because he keeps asking, have you signed the paper? I said, no, I haven't signed. What's the reason behind it? And they're like, it's just for safety, just for safety. So I don't understand why they're asking us to sign because, like I said, they put other cameras up. Yeah, and, and they could put these ones without ma making you sign. If it's me, I don't sign anything like that. I don't like to sign unless I have a legal obligation to sign. Or and he doesn't. A, or it's my benefit, and it's not, so you don't. But ultimately, they could put those in be without your signature. So it's your decision whether you sign or not. They can't punish you if you don't sign. They can't let you go for cause or suspend you or reduce your pay. They can't do any of those things uh, if you don't sign. So it's yay on the cameras, nay on the signature. You got it, my Very friend. Cool. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. George, good evening. Hi, good evening. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Okay, uh, go ahead. My question, my question is about my son. He was sent home uh, for three days apparently yesterday without pay because he was two minutes late coming back from lunch. Uh, his boss seems to be bipolar. I was just wondering if they can do that, if they can send you home without pay for three days. And then... Excellent question, George. And the short answer is no, they cannot. An employer does not have the right to suspend without pay. They can suspend with pay. They cannot suspend without pay. But when I say they're not allowed, all that means is that your son, if he wanted to, he could potentially treat the suspension as a constructive dismissal. Effectively, he could treat that as a termination and get his severance. So there's no way to physically stop the company for sus from suspending him without pay. The only thing he can do is he can say, I'm not going to take this. I'm going to leave and make you pay me my severance. If that's something he wants to consider doing, I'd be happy to talk to him. Otherwise, if he doesn't do that, if he just wants to continue working, then obviously, which makes sense, that's up to him. So we can't stop them from doing that. We can only get severance if that's what your son decides to do. We'll take a quick one, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. you got questions like the uh, the great ones we've had this hour so far, give us a call. Lior will get to each and every one. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com is the email as well. And his personal number outside of show hours, if you're a little bashful, no problem, 416-216-5900. 744 on your Wednesday evening. The employment hour continues. You know, I'm going to get Bruce on the line here, but I'm just going to read uh, what was put in the comments section. It says, why is employment law not taught in school? I've learned so much from your show. Bruce, uh, thanks for giving us a call. Appreciate the kind words. How are you? Yeah, no, hi, John. Hi, Lior. Uh, hi, there. I have learned so much from your show, and... Um, uh, even though I, like you, John, I, I know a lot of the answers Leo is going to give, I, I still tune in as much as I can. Good man. And yeah, I'm wondering, like, why is employment law not taught in schools? Because, you know, like, knowledge is power. Uh, I, I, I learned so much as, uh, you know, and I've lost jobs in the past, and, 
think, damn, I wish I knew the uh, uh, the intro that Lior has. Now, yeah, yeah, I assume you're you know talking about like high school, not law school, obviously. Right? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah, high school or college, <laughs> sure. university, whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, it maybe should be part of a of, of a business class, part of the curriculum, because you're absolutely right that even if you wanted to know about employment law. Uh, in school, you, you, there's no option there, and you're right. Everyone should know about this, and even uh, the broad strokes. I mean, yeah, the basics, yeah. And, right? And you know, the, you're right. The broad strokes, the basics don't change. The, the, the specifics may. So I, I agree. I think that would be very good for everyone. And and Bruce, thank you very much for listening. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Thank you. Keep preaching the gospel, my friend. We need uh, guys like you out there listening and enjoying the show. Got to uh, Muhammad in Toronto. Good evening, Muhammad. Hey, Mo, you there? <laughs> Mo, Muhammad. I'll see if we can get them back. Anyway, we were talking uh, about the week that was uh, the extended version, really. You had a story when you walked in off air. We were talking about Fergus, yeah? Yeah, so there was a, a story that made the news today, uh, earlier today, about a restaurant out in Fergus uh, that uh, advertised they're looking for a new waitress. Okay. Uh, not not the most politically correct uh, term. It should be server. But yeah. in any event, they were looking for a waitress uh, without uh, visible tattoos or piercings. Okay. And, you know, obviously they got some flack for it. Then I, I would say deservedly so. And, you know, the question that I was asked already a couple of times at the couple of interviews already is whether that is actually legal. Can they say we're not going to hire someone if they have visible tattoos or visible piercings? So let me answer that question. Uh, the, an employer can, is allowed to discriminate based on certain things. So they can discriminate against you based on whether uh, you have a good personality or whether or not you have uh, uh, a nice car or a bad car. Those are things that are not protected at law. The law protects against discrimination based on specific things. They c- you can't be discriminated against based on your race, based on your gender, your ethnicity, your medical condition, your sexual orientation. Cannot. So the law doesn't actually protect discrimination based on whether you have tattoos or piercings unless you have tattoos or piercings for religious reasons. So if this person, say, had a, had a Star of David on their shoulder for religious reasons, that's a no-no? No, actually, that, that wouldn't be protected because wow. the Jewish religion doesn't require you to have a tattoo on your no shoulder. No kidding. There you uh, go. In fact, under the Jewish religion, you're not supposed to have any tattoos. Uh, so, but on the, if you're part of a religion that requires you, or it's a tenet of the religion to have certain piercings or markings mm-hmm. or tattoos, uh, then an employer can't say, I'm not going to hire you in that situation. That's discriminatory. Off the top of my head, I'm not necessarily aware of any religion or, or uh, culture that would require that, but that may be the case. So it's not enough to say, well, I have a cross on my shoulder. I'm, I'm Christian. Therefore, I'm going to that's discrimination. No, because the Christian religion doesn't require you to have a tattoo. So uh, in that situation, it, it's, it may not be discriminatory. Uh, it's probably unfair and may, may be unreasonable. But an employer generally can distinguish amongst people unless there's a, a, a religious reason in this case uh, that would prevent them from, uh, from doing so. So what is actually included in severance and how is it calculated? We had uh, a couple calls tonight about people just not knowing. And, you know, Bruce from Barry phoned in saying, man, I wish I had the uh, the straight goods before the show started. Now he's been been informed. Like we talk always about age and length of employment and position. But are there, are there other factors that get in, uh, go into determining how much severance an employee should get? Yeah, as, as you just said, John, the main factors, the three main factors that go into calculating severance are age, position and the length of your employment. So the longer that you work, the older you are, and the more senior a position, the more severance you're owed. But those are not the only factors. Really, any factor that could speak to how long it may take you to find another job 
is a relevant factor. For example, a uh, factor may be whether you work in an industry that has a lot of jobs, whether you have a medical condition, because if you do, guess what? It's going to take you longer to find another job. Whether it's a good economy or bad economy, it's going to take longer to find a job and, and a bad economy. So that's a factor. So yes, there are other factors that go into deciding how much severance you're owed, really anything that's tied or can be related to employability, to finding new employment. Uh, if your employer lets you go and uh, says bad things about you, well, that's going to be more difficult to, for you to find another job. So guess what? The employer actually may have to pay more severance because they made it more difficult wow. for you to find another job. So there are other factors. That is why it is so important when you lose your job to properly assess how much you're owed and what, uh, what you've been offered, whether that's appropriate, to get legal advice. And the way is 416-216-5900 or severancepaycalculatoragain.com is the website to check out. We'll take a quick break. You want to give us a call. We've still got about uh, 10 minutes, give or take, of the show. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. The Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640. We're talking about the different ways uh, and other components of compensation other than the uh, the basic facts about calculating severance and what you get. And, I, I, you know, I think about, uh, you know, people in a sales position where the compensation and work hours can vary throughout the year. How do you how do you calculate that one? Yeah, compensation often does vary for, for different people, and uh, the severance usually simply is calculated based on an average. So if you've worked uh, for a year, we'll simply look at what you averagely, uh, you were in an average in a, in a month and use that figure. If you worked for several years, we'll probably look at the last two or three years and use an average for that. Uh, and that's how your severance is going to be calculated. It's always based on an average. If you, you know, earn $50,000 a year, it's very easy. But uh, if your uh, compensation varies from year to year, month to month, no problem. We'll use an average, and that's how your severance is going to be calculated. Quite often, people later in the career, they'll go from a full-time status to a part-time status, and then maybe sometimes they get let go. Their old severance, how do you calculate that? Yeah. Because they're going from full to part, right? So really, it's based on the, your status and your employment at the time of termination. So you may have worked your uh, whole life full-time, and now you went to part-time for three months, and now you're let go. Well, your, your severance is going to be calculated based on your earning as a part-time employee. Uh, and and uh, so really, it's always uh, the same thing applies in reverse. If you just were made full-time, your, your severance is going to be calculated on the basis of your full-time earnings. It's the status at the time of termination. Get to uh, Donna in Mississauga. Donna, thanks for calling three. I have a question for Lior. Go ahead. I have a quick question about constructive dismissal. Sure. If you work for a company for a long time and they want to change the days you're working... Is that considered constructive dismissal if you don't want to change your days? In other words, going from Monday to Friday to having to work on Saturdays. Absolutely. Change of days like that is a significant change. Certainly having to now work on the weekends when you didn't work on the weekends before. So, yes, yeah. it is a constructive dismissal, which means you have a right to refuse. And if they still say, well, too bad, it's effective next week, you're working on Saturdays, you can leave and require them to pay you your full severance. They cannot okay. do that. Okay. Okay, Donna? I just wanted to make sure. Absolutely. I just wanted to make sure before I, I said that to them. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Nice going, Donna. Any other questions? Again, 416-216-5900. Got uh, John on the line. Hi, John. Good evening. Welcome. Uh, yeah, Leo, I want to ask you a question. Sure. Um, define discrimination, like define in the workplace. Sure. What would you... Uh, okay. Yeah. What, what is it specifically? 
the, the discrimination is uh, distinguishing amongst people based on reasons that are inappropriate, treating people differently based on inappropriate reasons. So not treating differently because, uh, you know, I, I like you better because of your taste in music, so I'm going to treat you better than someone else. It's if I treat you better than someone else or I treat someone else differently uh, because they have a medical condition and you don't, I've discriminated against them. If I distinguish amongst employees, certain employees are going to get a privilege and others are not, and the people that are not going to get the privileges because they're older, I've discriminated against them based on age. So it's distinguishing amongst people based on a reason that's prohibited. That's what discrimination is. Now, um, when someone's being condescending to you, talking down to you, and, and not to another person, is that discriminating in a way? Or If they're treating you badly because of a prohibited reason, so they're treating you badly because of your age, uh, or they're treating you badly because of your medical condition, that is discrimination. If they're treating you badly because they're jerks and that's it, that is not discrimination, and there's not much you can do about that necessarily. I see. All right, appreciate the call, John. We'll see if we can get, uh, well, we'll see if we have Mike in uh, in time. Do we have time? We've got about a minute. Maybe we'll get him off the air. Uh, Let's just wrap it up for the night, then we'll talk and go over again two things, terminationquestions.com and severancepaycalculator.com. People need to know. Yeah, so our show is off the air in a few seconds now, but if you still want to ask questions anonymously, you go to terminationquestions.com. Ask your question there anonymously, uh, easy, free. We answer very, very quickly, and there's already hundreds of questions that have been answered. You can check those out, terminationquestions.com. And finally, if you lost your job, you know anyone that lost their jobs, you just go to severancepaycalculator.com, find out exactly how much you are owed. And again, those numbers, don't be shocked. They are <laughs> correct. Right. I promise yeah. you they're right. Yeah, there's no there's no bug in the system. They're absolutely correct. Until next time, uh, the number 416-216-5900 to get a hold of Lior directly outside of show hours. And email as well, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour right here on Talk Radio, AM 640.